everybody. I'm Vicki. I'm Lynn. And I'm Bree. And we're, and we're telling on ourselves. <laughs> I messed it up. <laughs> That's okay. That was you said it beautifully. We're telling on ourselves. And okay. actually, we're just going to jump right in because Lynn, since she took over the name saying, she's just going to say the first thought wrong saying. So I'm going to take over everything. Jump it. <laughs> um, first of all, thank you all for uh, listening to us another week. We really appreciate it. And I am Lynn and I do have a first thought wrong. I have many thoughts wrong this week. It's kind of funny. But um, the one that I thought of the other day that seemed kind of appropriate right now um, is the, it's kind of that hair trigger that we have of reacting during uncomfortable or scary situations like we're living right now with the pandemic. So my boss's husband uh, tested positive and he's been really sick. He's doing better and he didn't have to go in the hospital, but it was a rough couple of days and he was in a lot of pain. Apparently there's a lot of joint pain and um, we were all communicating. We had a thread going with my work people and my boss and she was, you know, kind of telling us what they're going through. And it was rough. I mean, you know, when a grown man is brought to his knees by something, it's it's scary and sad and humbling. And one of the people I worked with had a couple of glib reactions to a couple of the texts. And she's like, give him some Gatorade and you have a margarita and everybody's good. And in my head, I'm thinking, how can you be joking about this? There's nothing serious about this. And I had like all these really bad, angry scenarios going on in my head. And then I I didn't act on him, of course, in the text, but I almost sent her a side text. I was so close to, hey, you might want to be a little more sensitive and maybe she's not in a frame of mind right now to be joking. And I had to rein it in and go, I am not the boss of her. I'm not the boss of anybody. I need to keep my opinions to myself. But I really, I had like this visceral reaction of how dare she joke about this right now. So that was my first thought wrong. How dare you think that way? How dare you I police somebody else? Well, which kind of relates to our topic today, which is how to handle feelings in a healthy way. Uh-huh. And how dare you have feelings? How dare you tell somebody else how they can handle their feelings, even if it does come off as very awkward, inappropriately timed humor? <laughs> yeah, not my job. We're used to that in our circle, aren't we? Yes, we are. We oh are. my gosh. When I, I, I just remember there's there's been... And I'm sure you guys have your memory of when you've had these moments. But I remember when I was having feelings two times right before we recorded. (laughs) And I was like, I need to talk about this before we record. (laughs) I feel like it's always because you're mad at me. I think it's always about me. No, one time it was. and the uh, But it's always about me being sensitive, you know? So that's just... um, We learn how to do this together. And it's funny because, you know, my favorite people that have their other podcasts that are in actually in Fast Company, they're in an article in Fast Company, are girls from My Favorite Murder. Uh Um, So anyways, they go to therapy together. They started when they were doing their podcast, they started to go to therapy together because they were having issues and feelings come up. Because we don't always know what the other person is thinking or the why, and we project and we do all these things. So, and we I make just, assumptions, and yeah, huh? I just remember those two times. One time, I was I was able to like very nicely handle the situation, and the other time, I was very much nope. Let's just do it. 
<laughs> but the good thing about you, Vicki, and I think Breeze even said this before too, is that you come into the room saying, I'm having feelings today or I'm sensitive today. You're always really good about communicating that. I agree. Well, yeah. it's not very easy to hide. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's probably why you just tell us from the start, you know, because, you know, we'll probably call your bullshit anyways. Like you can just, we hang around each other enough that when something's off, you could just, it's like, you can smell it almost it's like, like, oh yeah. My sister used to say she could look at me from across the room and tell if I was uncomfortable or having a feeling. And my old sponsor, Pam, used to do the same thing. They said I would get this look on my face and they knew. And nobody else in the room knew, but those two, they knew I was having a moment. (laughs) I can always feel it with you. It's like your energy is palpable. Yeah, I can't hide it. Never have been able to. (laughs) That is not a bad thing. Well, it sucks in business. <laughs> yeah, thank God I do my work over the phone because sometimes I don't know what would happen if customers saw some of my facial expressions. Um. <laughs> so do we have a definition or are you still working on that? We do, we do. Oh, feelings. of course we do. Yeah, expressing emotion or sensitivity. That's a feeling. You're expressing emotion, emotion or sensitivity. Well, have you guys, is emote really a word? Yeah. yeah. I think that word is funny. That word cracks me up when I hear people say like it. to put off to... Uh, well, right. I know what it means, but it just kind of cracks me up. It's one of those words that's like, oh, you were emoting. I, I don't know. There's something about it that's just super cheesy to me. I feel well, like because it maybe sounds like emoji, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I always think of molting like, you know, when you lose your shell as a crab or something. Look, keeps molting. Like in, molting. Um, or emoting. And Aladdin when I'm molting. Who's the guy? The, the little parrot. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, so, yeah, feelings and sensitivity. Uh, I, I often have lots of those things regularly. Well, I kind of, I, I broached the subject today. Um, I brought the topic to the table. So I'm going to start off with what feelings mean to me in recovery, pre-recovery and in recovery and how I handle them in a healthy way. And sometimes I don't. Um, but for me, the reason why I wanted to do this topic is because I think I don't know about you, but there are a lot of feelings going on with this world, with the political landscape, with the uncertainty of everything, with my child having virtual learning causes a lot of feelings, with life, there's just a lot of feelings. And and sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. I may, I started making a list of the feelings I've been having, and I'm sure we'll go over many, but the one that I've been kind of stuck in, and I don't even know if this is technically a feeling, and we talk about this a lot, but fear is really usually the uh, gasoline to most of my feelings um, when they're negative. And love is the gasoline to most of my feelings when they're positive. So I just kind of wanted to explore how we all do 
uh, our feelings, whether they're negative or positive in a healthy way, how we communicate, how we've failed to communicate and how it happened, how, how we've evolved with this whole concept. Because the, the bad news is when you get into recovery, you don't have drugs and alcohol to numb the feelings anymore. Exactly. And that's, that's a big conundrum. And in the beginning, especially, because I'm still pretty new in recovery, uh, when people say, just feel your feelings, I didn't even know what that meant. That would be like telling a blind person to describe the color blue if they've never seen it. That's how I felt about feelings. It's like, how am I going to feel when I don't even know what it is? And if it wasn't like a physical sensation, I didn't, I couldn't name it. I couldn't place it. I couldn't, I couldn't like get a grasp of it. And I'm still working on it, to be honest. It's a, it's an evolving list. But the first one that I've been feeling a lot recently is depression. I've been feeling a lot of depression, sadness, uh, glumness, um, I've been feeling insecure. I've been feeling uncomfortable, uh, fear. And then I started to go into the happy feelings like joy, gratitude, happiness, elation, silliness. I don't know if silliness is a feeling, but I love feeling silly and frisky and goofy. Um, And then my last one was angry (laughs) because anger happens. Mm -hmm. And the feeling of being in the way is one of, I don't know what word describes it, but one of my most uncomfortable feelings is being in the way. That goes back to being insecure. Yep. Probably. Being needed. Yeah. As you were reading that list, Vicki, I thought, well, I feel like I can easily identify some of these feelings within me, except for maybe that insecurity one. Instead of identifying it as insecurity, I get, I turn it into anger. Like Mm. if work's not going well in a certain, on a certain day, it's, I'm like feeling insecure about my abilities to do my job, but I somehow turn it into either like anger at my job, anger at a customer, um, anger at my workplace, you know, um, kind of probably to protect myself from having to think about insecurity. What a great defense mechanism. Get pissed off at somebody else because... I'm secure and it's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. you're redirecting. It's like redirecting but, it. Look over here. Right. But that's a, this is like an eye-opener to me to be able to identify that with a feeling word before it gets to anger. Like, oh, this is insecurity right here. How can I, ma- how can I, how can I pour some love gasoline on some more positive feeling? <laughs> I love that analogy too, Vicki. That's fantastic. About the, the Get some the, love lube. I <laughs> <laughs> love lube. Stuck in anger, get some love lube. <laughs> Lubricate with love. <laughs> love that. Oh man. You know, I mean, what I've learned is that you never get good at it. Or okay. Sometimes for me, I'm at the point, and maybe it's just the 10-year mark, but I'm very easy to notice that I'm in a feeling and I usually can't identify it. And the, the thing is, is they don't last as long and they don't piggyback off each other as much is what I found currently in recovery. And I think it's because my sponsor keeps 
digging and making me dig and making me write my feelings. And one of the things that she really has taught me recently is weird is not a feeling and uncomfortable is not a feeling. What's on underneath that uncomfortable? What are you uncomfortable about? She, she'll, she'll pull it, she'll pluck it right out of me. And sometimes I say, I don't know. And she says, really, you know, (laughs) and it's, it's hard because I realized recently that I don't want to feel my feelings. So I have been in that, oh, it's just weird. It's awkward. Awkward is also not a feeling. She tells me I'm not, or I'm not a lot. I think I've overused the words, I've overused them. And so she wants to get down to the bottom of what's making me feel uncomfortable. So it's hard work. Yeah, uh, my my go-to is anxiety. And anxiety is based in fear. And it's also based in self-doubt and lack of confidence. It's all those things. And that's how it manifests in me is anxiety. And that's when I get caught up in these what ifs. Now, I was listening to uh, this lady that I follow, um, the holistic psychologist. I think I've sent you all links. Um, And she was talking about emotions. And she said, any emotion, anyone out there, the longest it lasts mentally and physiologically is 90 seconds. Now, what happens after that 90 seconds is we do the tape going around in circles in our brain. Now, if you were to be a little more mindful, hopefully what we're all working on is that you'll recognize that emotion, whether it's positive or negative, say, hello, thank you for visiting, and you let it go. It's like that acceptance and then the let go for any kind of emotion, but it only lasts in your brain maximum 90 seconds which just blows my mind. But then when you think about it, think about it. Like when you, for me, it's like, if I think I messed up something in a recipe and I've already made it and like, it's coming out of the oven. I'm like, Oh God, I forgot to do what. And I feel like my stomach drops and I have a physiological response, whether it's like, you know, my mouth goes dry and my stomach plummets for a minute. And then I have the panic of, is it going to be ruined? Do I have to start over all those things? All that stuff really only lasts for 90 seconds, a minute and a half. And then I can decide because we do have the choice to choose how, what, what are we going to do with that now that that's happened? I did not think that was the case. I did not really? live that way for many, many, many years. Yeah. I can't believe that I've turned 90 seconds into like 20 years. <laughs> decades. That's, and that's what we were talking The lady was talking about. She's like, people will do this for decades. Hold on to something. I have. I, yeah. I can attest to that. And it's, and I mean, it's such a gift now to be able to have an alternative. It's not always perfect, but talking to people about my feelings, which I actually did this week, I actually picked up the phone and talked to my sponsor about a situation in my life and feelings I was having about it. I set a boundary with the person I was having a problem with and said, I can't talk to you because I don't know how I'm feeling. And I need to talk to other people to help me figure out how I'm feeling and what I'm supposed to do with it. So like, Big kudos for you. Yeah, that was like a big win this week and so appropriate just for the topic Um, because I was feeling one way and then the program or sober part of my brain also was telling me that I was wrong to feel that way, you know, because sometimes we can over program our brains to then you know, we are sober now. So we're supposed to take responsibility for everything. And so if I'm, you know, having a feeling of anger, resentment, I really need, you know, it's really my fault. And where do I, and 
I like convinced myself that it was really my own fault that I was having these feelings and I had to be checked and told feelings are okay. You can have these feelings and the feelings deserve to be acknowledged. And I might not be in the wrong for my feelings either. I was like, because I think sometimes so much I try to go into, okay, well, it must be my fault somehow. Or like, um, you know, my feelings aren't justified. You know, there's got to be a reason why, you know, or, or this is old behavior. I tell myself that all the time. Why am I doing old behavior? It's like, no, we're, we're still have, we still have feelings. So I like that tool to deal with your feelings in a healthy way is to talk to an objective source mm-hmm. that can look at things from an outside view. Because when I don't know about you, but when I'm having a feeling, there is very little, it's, it's almost nonsensical. It's almost like Dr. Seuss, you know, the pictures in his book, it's just weird things happening all around and my body doesn't know what to do and it's curvy and it's, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking yesterday, there was actually a situation in one of my women's groups um, where somebody decided they, um, there was a miscommunication. Let's put it that way. There was a miscommunication and somebody got upset. Well, later on, when talking to this person about what had happened, they admittedly said, you know what? I was just hangry. I think I was just hangry. I ate something and now I feel better. Um, so it just reminds me of halt, you know, how to handle your feelings in a healthy way. Sometimes being able to just, you know, okay, you have your 90 second feeling. And then eventually you come around to, okay, is there another reason I could be feeling this? Or I I was so quick to react. I'm hungry. I'm angry, lonely, tired, hormonal, which is usually the case for me sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think um, what I've been grappling with a lot lately is shame and guilt. So what I'm trying to do, you know how we talked about uh, when you replace a negative behavior with a positive one, I've really been working on trying to identify guilt and to eliminate shame from my life. Um, definition that I've been told with shame is that it's a, it's a, a person is bad and they do things that are bad. Guilty is a good person that sometimes does a bad thing. So when I'm feeling guilty, I'm, I try to very be very clear about labeling that if I felt like I didn't do my best, you know, and I, I just did a thing, a talk last night um, or the night before last on the four agreements. So that's really like at the topmost of my mind and about doing my best. So when I'm feeling bad about maybe um, taking, cutting off a corner, you know, taking some easy ways out, I don't feel shame about it. I may feel guilty because I know I didn't do my best. So that's been a big one for me lately that, and even when I think about like uh, my childhood or even my crazy drinking days in my past, things that I'm not proud of that I did, I feel, I don't want to feel shame about that because I'm not a bad person. I did some things that were not the wisest choices probably, and um, I'm not proud of it, but I'm not a bad person. So I feel like I'm trying to replace the, the, the bad with good. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. Yeah. And I think what's real important is to identify what it is and, and, and what I've been working on really hard is not calling it good or bad. 
mm-hmm. just eliminating the judgment on it has really helped me just notice kind of when when you said we say hello to the feeling and then we let it go um that this is what's happening this is where i am right this minute i want to try to pluck in that 90 second thing into my brain so i realize that this too shall pass this too shall pass even though it doesn't feel like it in the in the moment and there there was a thing you know, i've been doing a lot of work with my sales consulting and there was this sales i don't know if it was a book i read i know it was from a gentleman named jeb blount but he said when you're calling and you get scared cuz you're cold calling people that you don't know and you get scared. He said, you need to tell your amygdala to shut up because your amygdala is lying to you and telling you that it's fight or flight, right? And I used to have that on my computer. Amygdala, shut up. Or no, actually what I had was amygdala, there is zero, and I put capital letters, threat here. There is zero threat here. And I think that 90-second thing, having those two things kind of in the forefront, reminding my goofy ass that I'm not going to die from this feeling. (laughs) Exactly. Lynn, I just realized that out of that list that I had tried to identify earlier, and insecurity was one of the things, or insecure was one of the things that I have a hard time identifying. I think shame and guilt are feelings that I don't put a label on either. Yeah, They're almost so insidious. And I just thought, okay, do I, I just came up with like seven examples in my mind, like just today of times where I was actually probably a feeling of shame or guilt. Like I had overtime this week. Um, and so like I clocked out of work early and I was like uncomfortable the first like 20 minutes I clocked out because I felt guilty, you know, um, I'm like, did I work hard enough this week? Did I, you know, and I probably, you know, I probably gave it like a 80% effort this week. So that's where like, but it's just so crazy how you bring it up. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, it does. It permeates like, Mm -hmm. I, and then what do I do with that feeling? I mean, I immediately tried to distract myself. So I texted Vicky and was like, Hey, I can talk to you like right now, you know, <laughs> like, can you, you know, I, sh- whatever you wanted to review, do you want to review it right now? Um, because it's an uncomfortable feeling still to sit in. I don't learn from that feeling necessary necessarily because I don't identify it and analyze it, but you just kind of had, I just think I had my light bulb or one of my golden nuggets was to use those as learning opportunities too, just for my own personal behavior. Like, okay, did I really do my best? Like the four agreements thing, like, Mm -hmm. did I do my best? Like, there's obviously a reason I'm feeling guilty right now. Like why? Right. Right. Yeah. Figure out why you're putting that on you. Yeah. Well, and thank God in sobriety today, it's a lot more like guilt, I think, than more shame. Like, you know, um, um, but I truly appreciate too what Vicky says of stop labeling it good or bad. It just is. And if we do something that's not our best effort, that we're not doing our best, we're going to learn from that. We're going to have that icky feeling of knowing we could have done better. And you don't want to repeat it. You know, that would be like the negative reinforcement kind of thing. Right. I like it. Yeah. Well, and I remember 
hearing, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself. And, and that feeling was, I guess, it's such a learned behavior. Um, and shame is so, I get, I get ashamed of myself a lot. And it's a, a physical feeling that I get when I feel it. Guilt, I don't get so much. Like a physical feeling. Guilt, I'm just like, oh, crap, I should have done that or something. So I guess when you, when you have those really visceral things, I wonder, I wonder, I don't know, but I wonder if that, what that means really. Yeah. Yeah. Shame sucks. Shame is like the warm tidal wave over your body. That's how shame manifests in me. It's like warm tidal wave. You feel like everybody's staring at you. Um, yeah. Just thinking about it. And it's, you're not enough. You're not either good enough, fast enough, smart enough, pretty enough, skinny enough. It's all those for me. And and so I'm less than. I don't like that at all. That's depressing. Why don't we talk about something fun, like joy? Oh, I was going to say like rage. (laughs) I was going to say angry. (laughs) I think it's funny to watch people get angry. We all like to watch people get angry. Like we like to watch people get punked and. You know, if you're ever in an argument with somebody, the best, the, like the best revenge is to not react at all sometimes, you know, and I hate to say that, you know, it's, it's probably a manipulate, a manipulation tool I use too, as when people, someone just gets angrier and angrier, just to like sit there and kind of stare at them and not say anything. Whew. Well, I was told by someone and it was on, it's on the wall at one of the, one of the clubs. And it says when in an argument with someone stop and ask, what do you need from me right now? Do you ever think about that? I, I, I haven't evolved to that point, but it's true, (laughs) right? That immediately you're not engaging and but that's in a healthy way as opposed to Bree's like manipulative. Oh, you're not making me mad. <laughs> well, yeah, that's releasing the valve in a kind way. <laughs> well, it's funny too because when I've asked that, that was a tip that Dave came home with one day from somewhere. I don't remember, but it's like I don't. When I ask that question, do I really want the answer? Because sometimes he asks for things and I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, what do you what do you need from me right now? Except for that. I don't want to do that. I can't give you that right now, you know? Uh, so that's yeah, you a- gotta be prepared to deliver. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. Don't it's know. hard. It's I mean, what it boils down to is relationships. And communication, that's what I heard a lot, is that communication. And that communicating with ourselves or listening to ourselves. Well, and just being able to talk about it and, yeah, communicate. um, I think that's a tool we have in sobriety. So if we are, I mean, this kind of goes back to what we were saying about Vicky coming into the podcast saying, like, I'm feeling a certain way today and I need to, like, we need to deal with it before we record or whatever. Um, I think anger... um, I think, yeah, the tool we have now is that we can at least start to talk about it and communicate about it versus what I used to do was just scream about it, continue to be angry, never forgive that person, hold a grudge, wait till they mess up again, bring up the last time they messed up, remind them of that, 
Um, and these are all just feelings. Like I just like keeping the feelings always ready to go under the surface. Like they never actually get to like process and go away. They're just there under the surface all the time, ready to re explode. Relaunch. Yeah. It's like relaunch. Re explode. <laughs> so some of the, some of the healthy strategies I've, I've, I've taken notes on is talk to someone else that can be objective, like IE a sponsor or someone that tells you the truth. I think I heard say hello to the feeling and then let it go, which is kind of like the ever, ever theme of recovery, which is the pause, you know, um, I think that communicate with the person that's making us have the feeling or that is triggering the feeling in us because it's not them making us have the feeling. And then the other healthy thing I think is to move, is to do something physical, is to get out of the situation. That because my little guy used to have a lot of feelings and it's funny because Maya's been sending me all these Snapchats that she has vid- videoed of my son throughout the years. I'm talking, holy <laughs> cow, I forgot, I forgot how many feelings that kid had and holy cow, it's all documented. And the best thing that I could ever do for him was take him out of a situation when he was physically flailing, right? I had to take him out of the situation, move, change the scene, change the scenario. And I'll, in work, when I used to get stressed out at work, I would always go on a walk. Always. I would just go on a walk around the block or go on a walk, go into the bathroom or whatever, just change my scenery because that would help me shift gears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, physically. Um, I had a little incident, not incident, a thing happened <clears throat> last week. I had to go to Mariano's and get some stuff for work. And if you got, have either of you ever worked in a deli and used like a meat slicer? Okay, so when you use a meat slicer, it's it can be tedious, especially if you're doing things like salami, those little small things that are hard because it takes a lot of effort when they're really condensed. And if people order a lot and they want it thinly, it's like, just shoot me now. Well, I had to get three pounds of thinly sliced salami. And I was already feeling guilty about it because I know how much it sucks. I'm like, sorry, I'm the guy. So the lady that was working, the deli clerk that was working, she was by herself. And there was a guy in front of me and he was being kind of high maintenance with a lot of orders. So then I ordered mine and she was already kind of slamming things around. And I mean, like the stuff on the scale, she picked it up and like slammed it on top of the scale. And then the thing she took to the meat slicer, she slammed the thing down on the meat slicer. And I was just like, whoa. And I was watching her. And I was almost afraid to tell her my order. I'm not kidding because I'm like, oh, she's going to hate this. And she just looked at me with, you know, daggers in her eyes. And um, so she starts on it and I kept watching her and I'm, and suddenly I had like this great feeling of compassion come over me because I saw her, I saw me and her. That's how I, I was. And it was, it was Brie. It was like impotent rage. You're so angry and you're so frustrated and there's nothing to do with it at all. You can't get it out. You can't direct it. And it's just like eating you up inside. So she finished it. And I just kept thinking, Oh, that poor woman. And like a 20 something kid walked through a deli clerk and he's like, Oh, it looks like you got it. And just kind of moseyed through. And like, if she had a knife right now, she probably would have slit his throat. So when she finished, (laughs) she came up and, and I said, thank you. And she just, you know, she didn't, couldn't even say anything. And when I was, uh, grabbed my thing, I said, I really appreciate everything you guys do. 
And she just looked at me and I hope that it helped her. I hope it made a little bit of difference, but it was so powerful for me to see myself in that and to realize how lucky I am that I'm not there anymore and how grateful I am. And that is such a powerful getting to that point of compassion, right? Especially because we are really all the same. We all just have the same feelings in different cycles. And we are all sad sometimes. We're all mad. We're all insecure. We're, and, we, and it all manifests in different ways. Bree, you were talking about rage or anger. And, and, you know, maybe I go into depression. We all have our little cycles of what where we go to. But the ability to see it in someone and not be mad at them, especially when it has to do with us, right? I mean, that's a that's a huge codependency win right there. That's yeah, a huge I win. Take, I didn't take it personally. And I, and I saw it for what it was. And when you were talking about, you know, love is the gasoline for positive, I think empathy and compassion is like the antidote for anger and um, insecurities and all that kind of stuff. And that I think that's the first time I have felt it like physically felt it come over me and it was like wow this is how this is how we could get past like basic disagreements you have with other human beings you know and they say this all the time when not taking things personally we have no idea what's going on with that person and if you can just for a minute step outside of what's happening to you and go I have no idea what's happening with them and they must be in a lot of pain and just love them and move on (laughs) <laughs> I think he's smiling. It's like a weird little smirk. <laughs> it was just that's such a good story, Lynn, because it is truly a gift that you do get in sobriety is to be able to know our feelings so much better that we can literally sense someone else going through the same thing and then give them grace. Something. Give them grace, but then also give them a heartfelt, sincere eye contact. I really appreciate what you guys do. I mean, we would have never done that before. We would have been so self-involved, so out of, so in our own minds that we couldn't connect with someone else in their mind. And I think just a situation like that, because I've had situations like this before, it teaches me about myself and it makes me connect with myself on such a spiritual level. Like it's almost like I get, because it's, and it, there's sometimes there's like such a deep sadness to it too. Like you really felt how she was feeling. And it's almost like this, like, you know, her daily grind and you just start to feel like, what could the rest of her life be like too? Like maybe she comes to work and work is hard and she goes home and home is hard, you know, and you just get this like overwhelming flush of empathy and it does help diffuse problems too. Sometimes when I'm really, really upset with Dave, I think of Dave as little Dave, like Dave is a kid. And I know he was like picked on a little bit when he was growing up. And for some reason that gives me so much empathy towards him. And it it helps me like understand a lot of like the reasons and the way he is, how he is sometimes. And then it makes me remember like my own hurt that I went through when I was a kid. And I was like, oh man, I remember when like I was going through stuff with my friends and I didn't have any friends and my friends were picking on me and how I felt like, I don't want to be in a fight. Like, I don't want anger towards this person right now. We're both hurt people trying to do life. You know, I just, I don't know. That's just what that reminded me of is being able to connect with somebody on just, and not even connect with them. It's like you connect with yourself. Well, and not being so 
messed up in the head, drunk or high or in a hangover that I take it, I just get irritated right back and I argue with them and I huff and puff right back at them. When I'm sober, I have a much better chance of not reacting like that when I'm well, when I'm doing these healthy reactions, when I'm, when I, I know I'm not in a good place when that person irritates me and I want to go talk to the manager, which I never do because I was in the service industry, but it's, it's that defensive. How dare you treat us customers like that? And I always used to say to my family when we would be out to eat, do you have any idea what they're dealing with at the back of the house? You don't. So just stop, stop yourself. <laughs> stop yourself. Don't get up and snap at the waitress and say, need more coffee, please. <laughs> yeah, that is. A good well, and I was just, I'm sorry, Brie. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say what I would have done in the past too, is I would have gone back to work told everyone I worked with how mean she was to me. And I couldn't believe, you know, and been indignant and been the victim and the martyr and, you know, on and on and on. And none of that happened. I chuckled. I'm like, this may have been the angriest deli person that's ever weighed in in on me, perhaps in history. But then again, I I just chuckled because I knew the pain that she was in. I knew it. It's like I was behind the counter. (laughs) (laughs) Three pounds. Thinly sliced. Oh, no. oh. I'm that person. So well, yeah, good feelings. Yeah, good feelings. I mean, I think that that gratitude is 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 a is a great elixir, like we always talk about. To good feelings, compassion, gratitude. What else? Euphoria. And I think I have euphoria when I feel like everything's just clicking, you know, uh, the sun is shining, the flowers smell good, but my, my work day worked out great. I get to talk to my favorite people, you guys. And that to me is a euphoria. Agreed. Yeah. Joy. I love it. I'm grateful. I think one of my other favorite emotions these days is calmness. That's like the jackpot right there for me. <laughs> Not lazy calm, yes. but like calm within ourselves. Yes. Serenity. Yeah. That's a good one. That's that's gold in my life, truly. A platinum, you know. I think okay, I ever felt serenity before recovery. Really, truly. I don't think I ever did. Maybe before the twins were born, my my brothers and sisters. But after that, I don't think I ever felt serenity. My brain would never let me. Mm -mm. I did a few times. And I remember this one specific time I'd gone camping with my best buddies. There was a group of us that always went backpacking. And Brie, that's when you actually take the backpack and you hike in three miles and you stay for four days. That's that's really (laughs) that kind of camping. (laughs) <laughs> so I was sitting by, we set up camp by a river and I was sitting there one afternoon and it was early spring and the sun was warm. And I think that's the first time I really successfully meditated and I didn't even realize what I was doing. And I had such a feeling of just warm, glowy contentment like I had never felt before in my life. And I get that all the time now. That was like one fleeting time. 
Well, it's a direct byproduct for me of working the steps and working with you guys and working with a sponsor and that human connection of just trying to be well, trudging the road of happy destiny. I mean, that is that is the byproduct of all that work for me. And and the thing that spurred this on, this topic idea on, I was in a meeting this morning and this gal always says, action regardless of feelings. And if I'm taking the right action, regardless of my feelings and the actions that I'm taught, right, in the, in the program, usually the feelings are more manageable. Not Most always. Death. Well, are we done? But Do we have golden nuggets? I got some golden nuggets. I got your golden nuggets right here, baby. <laughs> I got it right here, here, here. Um, my favorite one is Mickey when you said fear is gasoline for negative feelings and love is the gasoline for positive feelings. I love how that's so concise and succinct. Good job. I like that too. I think my golden nugget was about, well, that was one of them, Lynn. And then also I liked Lynn knowing that any emotion actually only ever lasts 90 seconds. And then after that, it's my fucking fault that I'm still feeling it. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get away and let it go. I like the shame and the guilt part of the conversation. So eliminating the thought that the person is bad, that I am bad or that you are bad, the, the shame and identifying when it's just, oh, it's a good person just doing a bad thing. And I love that looking at the person like they're a child, right? And they're just, a, a we're just all the same trying to live this life. And everybody wants that feeling of calm inside. Amen. I love it. Amen. Well, thanks everybody. Yeah, thanks everybody. Check in with your feelings this week. Learn from them. Let us know. You can hit us up on um, Instagram or Facebook at Telling On Ourselves. We'd love to hear about your feelings, feeling all the feels. Pour it on us. (laughs) It'll only only last for 90 seconds, we promise. 90 second rule right there, guys. If you get it off your chest, that is. (laughs) All right, we love ya. Be good. Be kind. Tribe out. Tribe out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Telling on Ourselves. Please rate, review, share, subscribe, download our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you want more Telling on Ourselves, please find us and follow us and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Telling on Ourselves. Tribe out.